0: A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. I'd like to uh, maybe for some introduce you for the first time, a dear friend of mine who also happens to be in charge. (laughs) Uh, uh, This is Philip Jones. He is uh, our bishop. He is the lead bishop of the Ankin Mission, and um, uh, we worked together for, golly, eight years. Yeah. At All 20. Saints, it seemed like eternity, you know, a day is like a thousand years and all that, and, um, but no, Philip uh, is a dear friend, he's here obviously for the confirmations and uh, is going to be preaching to us, so if you stretch out a hand of blessing towards Philip, we're going to pray for him and then we'll let you rip. Lord, thank you for Philip, thank you for the man that he is, thank you for the heart you've given him and for the gift that he is of so many, we ask now that you would Bless him as he brings your word to us, in Jesus' name.
1: Amen. Amen. Good morning. So, uh, the first question I asked Dave when I saw him this morning, I said, Dave, I had two sermons. And uh, which one do you want? And I thought, well, let's put it up to a vote to the congregation. Uh, so, there's a sermon on the good shepherd, that part of it, and then there's a sermon on forgiveness. Uh, so, I just, we decided to go ahead and answer for you. And you're gonna hear a sermon on forgiveness in a moment but first of all since I don't know all of you uh, I just thought a quick introduction my name is Philip Jones I grew up in Dallas and uh, uh, and so we moved here in 2010 uh, to plant what became All Saints Dallas Uh, I'm the lead bishop or or part of the Anglican Mission in America the AMIA which about 23 years ago started this whole movement uh, that now what you understand is Anglicanism Uh, before that uh, there was the Episcopal Church, and that was kind of the Anglican franchise, and, if you will, uh, in uh, North America, uh, but there were people uh, that felt like maybe there were some things not going, there seemed to be a crisis of faith and a crisis of leadership, but we, we love the Anglican style of things, and so uh, how could we keep that going? Without being under that particular structure. And so there were some overseas bishops and archbishops in Rwanda and Southeast Asia that laid hands upon Chuck Murphy and John Rogers and said, You go and you plant churches in North America. Very controversial at the time, uh, but now we've seen the fruit of that over the past, I don't know, 23 years. And I became part of that in 2005 uh, when I left the Episcopal Church. I was at St. Clements in El Paso, Texas, left there, moved to Little Rock, Arkansas and took over St. Andrew's church that had been planted by T.J. Johnston, uh, and re- was really the first church in the in the commission in America. And then over time, there was a large group of people who really wanted to plant, or not plant, but really uh, be, have a structure like the Episcopal Church, uh, but have an orthodox where there was not a crisis of faith and a crisis of leadership, and that started something called ACNA, Anglican Church of North America. Uh, So it's more of a diocesan model, and you've probably heard of active Churches, and we're more of a society, you're part of a society in the sense of um, like the Jesuits or the Franciscans, we don't have all the uh, bureaucracy and all the different diocesan structures, we have bishops, we have priests, uh, but we just kind of lightweight, low maintenance uh, and, and move forward with the gospel and plant churches where we can plant churches and and so that's uh, what All Saints uh, is about and, and what St. Bart's is about and St. Patrick's, so we have three churches in Dallas and others across the uh, country. Uh, but it's exciting to be here and to, and to know uh, your story, which I know because of Dave and Rachel when they moved here and Chris Myers and Jay Wright who uh, planted this church back in 2015, came out of, Saint, uh, of All Saints and did all that. So it's just been uh, great to see how this has grown and how you've grown and, and kind of what's happening in East Dallas so my wife and i we moved here in 2010 we have seven kids and now 16 grandkids and uh so it's just a lot of people and uh uh, so you know when i hear something about the good shepherd i'm thinking of well that's an image that kids really are drawn to i'm not going to preach on it but that's an image uh that that kids can be brought uh, drawn to to be sheep and lambs and the good shepherd and all that kind of thing and and we always see the picture of jesus the good shepherd he's kind of you know Aryan and white and you know european but nevertheless uh, you get the kind of idea about it and, and so that's what this is always called Good Shepherd Sunday uh, for that reason and uh, but what I really want to talk about this morning is something that really goes to the very heart and the good shepherds are part of this of course but in the reading from 1st Peter a moment ago that you heard uh, it says that by his wound you have been healed so this morning I'm going to talk about healing now Dave and I when Dave came to, to Dallas and and uh, moved and Rachel with his kids and all that, uh, then that was a big part of the ministry at All Saints Dallas. It still is. I know he's brought a lot of that ministry here as well. And so when we think about healing, uh, there's all kinds of ways that we can think about that the healing of physical healing, uh, emotional healing, inner healing, spiritual healing, all that kind of thing. Uh, but I'm going to talk about relational healing this morning, especially around the area of forgiveness. Forgiveness. Not so much reconciliation, but forgiveness. Because forgiveness is something every one of us can do this morning. And you'll be given this opportunity to choose to forgive. We're going to talk about what it is, and what it's not, and what it does. And we're going to have the perfect sermon in 17 minutes. Get ready. <laughs> forgiveness. Forgiveness. So now come, Holy Spirit. And make this real to us. Back in January of this year, we had a, um, a healing conference put on by Christian Healing Institute. Some of you may have been there. Uh, and it was a weekend away and had about 100 people show up and or just talk about different areas of healing. And one of the talks, and I'm taking this you know, from one of the talks that I heard, was on forgiveness and relational healing. So as soon as I say the word forgiveness, you may be thinking yourself, Uh, there's some people I don't want to forgive there's some people I can't forgive or there's some people uh, that I need forgiveness from where do I go? how do I start? as followers of Christ people like you filled with the Holy Spirit you have the authority in your heart and in your life not to be dominated by what dominates the world you have the authority by the Holy Spirit in your life not to fear what the world fears. Oftentimes in premarital counseling, i will just talk about authority here for a second we're going to get into forgiveness. Oftentimes in premarital counseling, I find out that the couple's living together, being sexually after together. And I will tell them these words. You have the authority, if you're followers of Christ, not to do that. That's how much authority and power you have in you. You don't have to do that. Whatever the situation may be in your life, whether it's that or something else, you have the authority to choose to forgive because you have been forgiven. If there's anything about the Good Shepherd and Good Shepherd Sunday that we wanna know and understand is, this is a, a Good Shepherd who's given his life completely for us, even at the very bottom of our lives. No matter how far down we go, No matter how far away that we may feel from time to time from the Lord, no matter whether we even accept the Lord at any time in our life, you are people loved and adored by God. As deep as he knows you, he loves you and accepts you. That's the gospel. That's the good news. That's what you and I have to tell ourselves And tell the world but you and I have the opportunity to live that in a real concrete ways as deep as he knows you and he knows you more than you know yourself the Word of God is closer to you than you are to yourself as deep as he knows you he loves you and that's why he died on the cross for your sins and for my sins so that you and I could be people through whom forgiveness would be given to the world because we know that we've been forgiven. Now, I haven't said anything so far that you would probably disagree with or that you probably didn't know. But from time to time, we have to be reminded of these things because it's yours and I's opportunity to show and tell the world you are loved and adored. There's so much joy that God wants you to have, even at your very lowest moment, even at your very lowest part of your life. As far down as you may go, He raises you up because it's all grace g r a c e god's riches at christ's expense no one else can give it to you no one else can take it away from you the government can do whatever they want other people can do whatever they want but you and i live under that grace and a big part of that grace is forgiveness so let's begin here just talk a little bit about forgiveness uh, in terms of kind of what healing is about relational healing forgiveness is a choice it is not a feeling at the end of this talk you'll be given a chance to say to yourself quietly I choose to forgive and you're gonna fill in the blank but understand it's not a feeling you're not gonna feel like it most of the time it's a choice it's an act of the will to let go of a debt that can never be repaid Forgiveness is also a journey into freedom. When you withhold forgiveness from someone else, you are poisoning yourself. You, when you want to kind of hold this over someone else, you're doing it at the expense of your own health, your emotional health, your spiritual health, and oftentimes your physical health. People get so wrapped up in a lack of forgiveness that they're all sick physically inside or somewhere uh, in their body. It's a process, it's an act, it's a journey. To forgive someone else doesn't mean that you agree with what they've done. It doesn't mean that you weren't a victim. It doesn't mean something is excused because God forgives you. He doesn't excuse everything you've done. Rather, He paid for it on the cross, but He didn't stay there. The tomb is empty. He is risen and now ascends at the right hand of the Father, and the only thing that's really happening in real time right now is his ascension and his outpouring of the Holy Spirit. What if St. Barth was known as a people who really know how to forgive, who really know how to be reconciled? Forgiveness is the first step in reconciliation, but reconciliation takes two people. Forgiveness only takes one, but it's the first step. And that's something you and I have the opportunity to do this morning at, at any time. For you get to forgive someone means you leave the responsibilities up to God to work in that person, but you're no longer no longer going to drink that poison of unforgiveness. Why do we forgive? Out of our love for God, His love for us, and His deep forgiveness. Of every piece of grumpiness, of every piece of immoral behavior, of every piece of self gratification, of every piece of self centeredness that you and I imbibe in on a daily basis, and the culture feeds it, he's forgiven it. There's nothing else for God to do. We are reminded of that forgiveness that in our services we have the confession of sin. On a daily basis, we say the Lord's Prayer. Maybe you say the confession on a daily basis. But out of our love for God, in obedience and imitation of who Jesus Christ is, forgiveness, listen closely, is a non-negotiable part of the Christian life. Who do you need to forgive this morning? As I raise this topic, who are you thinking about? Because there may be people that are thinking about you as well. Who do you need to be reconciled to? To yourself? Because oftentimes we have to forgive ourselves. Or maybe you have to ask God for forgiveness of what you held against him as well as other people that you need to forgive. Forgiveness is more for your benefit than it is for the other person in a certain way because you're releasing all this poison that you've been drinking. Forgiveness leads to freedom. We don't rush into it. Forgiveness is not, listen closely, forgiveness is not denying, minimizing, ignoring, excusing, rationalizing, condoning. It's not saying that something was okay or that it doesn't matter or I'm really not supposed to hurt. That is not forgiveness. Forgiveness recognizes there can be pain, there can be alienation, there can be real damage done, there can be real debt that's owed. But what if we're not dominated by what dominates the world that always tries to get back? What if we don't fear what the world fears? as trying to be number one. What if someone really screwed us over in whatever way possible? And yet we go to that person and we say, I forgive you. I want you to hear the gospel. I want you to know Jesus more than anything in the world. That's what we're called to do. It's non-negotiable. Or you may not be ready to do that. Understand this. It is a process. It is a journey. You may not be ready either to choose to forgive, or if you do choose to forgive, you may not be ready to tell the other person you've chosen to forgive. It's just not right there yet. We understand that. God understands that. But see it as a process and as a journey. Forgiveness does not require confrontation or even contact with the other person, nor does it require the other person's repentance. You're just saying, I'm getting it off me. I'm going to give it to God. And you can grow in that journey such that you can say, I really want the best for you. But you may not be able to say that at first. You may not be able to say, I really want God to bless this other person who just messed you over in all kinds of ways. You may not be able to be there. But by God's Holy Spirit, understanding how deep you and I have been forgiven, you can grow into the point and say, Lord, bless this other person. may not happen at first, but it can happen. Again, we're not dominated by what dominates the world. And we don't fear what the world fears. Reconciliation requires trust. Forgiveness doesn't. Forgiveness doesn't mean I have to trust you. That's reconciliation. And you grow towards that by God's grace over time. But forgiveness says, I'm letting go of it. And I'm going to let God be a part of this healing process. What does forgiveness look like? Over time, in a process, as people filled with the spirit of the living God, knowing how deeply we've been forgiven, we can say, they don't owe me anything anymore. Are you there yet? Or what about on the other side, if they felt that way towards you? You've hurt someone. You've caused pain in someone's life. And what if that other person were able to grow in such a way to say, I don't hold it against you any longer. You don't owe me anything anymore. You're receiving the practice of the presence of God. Forgiveness, reconciliation. What happens over time? The ability to bless someone else and pray that God will bless them as well. You no longer desire for other person to suffer or carry the pain. That's when you know that forgiveness is taking root in you in a deep way. Doesn't have to start there, hear me clearly. Don't hear what I'm not saying. (laughs) But that's the beginning of a process. That there's no desire in you anymore to cause injury, to hold something against someone else, or to hope that they hurt in some kind of way that you don't even speak ill of them anymore. Now, I'm not telling you something that I don't struggle with as well. This is something we all struggle with. But as your bishop, or more important, as your friend, and as someone who walks beside you and has since 2015, since this church was planted, this is something then that you and I are called to be here in East Dallas. When people look at St. Bart's people, they say, wow, there's something about this gospel that's true to them. It's not just checking boxes or believing certain truths. You see, we've so domesticated the Christian faith that we just pledge ourselves to certain truths and think that's all that there is. Now, this is very existential. This is something very significant to each one of us in our own life. As we grow in that journey of forgiveness, there actually can be that forgetting as far as the East is from the West. As I said a moment ago, persistent unforgiveness in our experiences brings about physical effects, increased illness and health issues, documented by high blood pressure, heart attacks, strokes, etc., obstacles to receiving God's blessings and God's forgiveness, emotional, psychological, spiritual self harm. You may need help to grant this forgiveness to someone else. It may be something hard for you to do. I wanna encourage you, talk today. talk to Chris, talk to your small group leader, your pastor leader, whoever it may be, but get the help. I need help. I talk to people. I say, help me with this particular situation. I'm having a hard time understanding, I'm struggling. And by helping, that's the body of Christ coming together around each other. The need to extend forgiveness It's something to God, to other people, and finally to ourselves. How often do you go back to some point in your life, some journey in your life, where you still say, I can't believe I did those things. I can't believe I said those things. I still feel shame about that. You ever go there in your own mind, your own heart, your own spirit? It's a terrible place to be. I've been there. But Jesus Christ did not die on the cross and rise from the dead and ascend into heaven so that we could feel shame the rest of our life. Christianity is not a shame-based faith or religion. It's a grace-based faith or religion you and I should not feel shame because that goes to our identity. And our identity through the grace of Jesus Christ on the cross is as a son of God, as a daughter of God, as a son of the King, as a daughter of the King. Well, as I wrap up this now, what I would like to do for us to take just a moment in the silence of your heart for you to say, I choose to forgive and you fill in the blank but not out loud. (laughs) Okay? You okay with that? All right, if you will, bow your head, close your eyes, and don't peek. And just in the silence of your heart, say, I choose to forgive, and you fill in the blank. And as you're praying that prayer, know that there may be someone else in this city, in your neighborhood, in this state or country or world that's choosing to forgive you. That you're the recipient of forgiveness. And now come Holy Spirit, seal upon our hearts the truth Of relational healing the truth of forgiveness the truth of being forgiven by you and by others whereby we can live in freedom and trust and peace this is what the world needs more than anything in the name of the Father of the Son and of the Holy Spirit amen